The year was 1985, and we all knew about it. We all knew what had happened to this company before this amazing movie came out in 1985. We'd heard about it in the news. We heard about the FBI investigation, and we knew that their car was gone. But in 1985, Robert Zemeckis, Christopher Lloyd, and Michael J. Fox brought the DeLorean to the big screen. In Back to the Future. That little title placement of the DMC DeLorean could have helped the company had it been three years earlier. Considering that the car was gone and the company was under, it'd be hard for all of us to get the car that we all wanted now. Except a man in Texas who decided to buy out all the stock. There may still be hope for DeLorean in the future of new products and new cars. And that's what we're talking about on this week's episode of the Autolooks Podcast. Autolooks.net Autopod streaming day or night coming right at you right here right now. Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett himself. Hi. Coming to you from our host site, podbean.com, and our own main website that's been around since 2004, autolux.net big or small we got them all corporate websites from around the world if you find a car company we don't have on our site please email us about it and if you want to talk about cars send us an email as we look towards the future of autolux podcast and the autolux talk podcast want to be part of it send us a quick email now i'm your host everett j and this week we are talking about that famous car from back to the future today the day of recording of this one is june 9th and on june 9th is my Michael J. Fox's birthday. Michael J. Fox may have started out his acting career long before Back to the Future and the DeLorean. But in history, we all know him for being Marty McFly in that amazing car. And we're going to take a look back at DeLorean. DeLorean was founded October 24, 1975 by John Z. DeLorean. It became defunct as of October 26, 1982. The original headquarters for DeLorean Motor Company was in Detroit, Michigan with manufacturing in Dunmurry, Belfast, Northern Ireland. John became the youngest GM executive. Now, Belfast, we'll get into that a little bit further on here. There was some background to that. We just wanted to bring it up where the original headquarters was. Now, John himself became the youngest GM executive. He went to Lawrence Institute of Technology, now Lawrence Tech University, and he excelled in industrial engineering and was elected to the school's honor society, during which he worked part-time at Chrysler and a local body shop. This helped him gain his knowledge in the automotive field and kind of made him pursue more into the automotive world. He graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in industrial engineering. He worked for Chrysler for less than one year and then moved on to Packard where he was about to move to Studebaker after the merger when he received a call from General Motors. Now, with all of what he created and helped out for with Chrysler, and then what he spearheaded in Packard before they merged with Studebaker, led to General Motors wanting him for their company. And when they signed him, they brought him in, and he landed as the youngest man to ever head a division at General Motors at that time. They put him in charge of Pontiac. Now, in the Pontiac division, he helped create one of the most famous muscle cars from Pontiac. 
No, not the Firebird. The original GOAT, the GTO. Due to the success of the Mustang, they wanted to capitalize and they utilized what they had back then as called the Banshee concept. This was later turned down due to competition between the brands and the fact that the Banshee was seen as a competitor to the Chevrolet Corvette. The Banshee concept, unbeknownst to General Motors, at a time when each division was fighting for a bigger piece of the pie and fighting to be the main corporate entity of General Motors, Chevrolet and its Corvette seemed to spearhead that movement. But with the introduction of the Mustang, Chevrolet wanted to enter that. They created the Chevrolet Camaro, which the Banshee concept was later used to create the Pontiac Firebird. And even during the 60s, as General Motors sales declined, DeLorean and his Pontiac division flourished. And in 1969, General Motors saw him more as a benefit to bringing Chevrolet, their main division, forward. And they moved John Z. DeLorean to the Chevrolet division. Chevrolet wanted him in charge of their muscle cars as he brought the GTO and helped push the Firebird through with the Banshee concept. They wanted him to turn around the turmoil and issue of the Chevrolet Vega. The Vega was a car that General Motors saw as a future. It needed. It needed something more efficient for the roads ahead, as big, burly, gas-guzzling cars may give way if there's ever an issue with oil. Knowing this, General Motors put their best man, John Z. DeLorean, in charge of it and turned the Vega around. It wasn't the world's greatest car, by no means, but he still managed to market and sell that car to people to bring profits to General Motors. In 1972, he was on the fast track to taking over General Motors complete. They were going to push him into an executive position at the main board table of General Motors so where he could spearhead and push any division he wanted in any direction he wanted. But that same year, he gave General Motors the news and he stated, there's no forward response at General Motors to what the public wants today. A car should make people's eyes light up when they step into the showroom. Rebates are merely a way of convincing customers to buy blind cars they are not interested in. And with this statement and General Motors seeing that he didn't see that their products were lighting people's eyes up as much as he wanted them to, in 1973, he left General Motors to create his own car company. And with that, DeLorean and its prototype, originally dubbed the DeLorean Safety Car, DSV, was designed from a towel design. This car was made of stainless steel, had gullwing doors, and first appeared in prototype form in 1976. He wanted to create a safety car for the future. His plans for a Ford V6 were scrapped in place of the PRV motor from Peugeot, Renault, and Volvo. The Duravin V6 engine was developed by them. And due to subsidies from the Northern Ireland government, the plant was built there in the hopes to employ people in the area with the civil unrest and massive unemployment. That is the reason why he didn't build it in the United States. Similar to what Malcolm Brickland did with his car company, building it in Moncton, New Brunswick, the Canadian government gave him subsidies to push his car into a high unemployment area and try and bring an automotive industry to the east coast of Canada. This is similar to what the DeLorean had planned for Northern Ireland and why they built their plant there. Renault was contracted to build a plant and so fully built them their engine. Lotus built the chassis and in 21 months of operation, DeLorean produced 9,000 cars. 9,000. In 1980, the American Express gold-plated car issued a special gold-plated edition. The only special edition available from DeLorean to draw inspiration and drum up more sales for the car company. And a hundred of these cars were to be built to help push American Express and DeLorean forward and yet only four of them were sold. 
No cars were ever painted in the factory, but the DeLorean was working on a translucent paint to help show off the stainless steel grain of their cars. This never came to pasture due to the slight demise of DeLorean Motor Company. Dealers often painted their products to differentiate themselves. So when you see a painted DeLorean that was usually done either by the customer after purchasing it or by dealers to try and drum up more sales and get more people in. Oh, we don't just have one color. We're not the original Model T just in black. We have others. It only came available with an automatic transmission and the only option with a gray interior was offered in 1981. All others were standard black. Pinstriping and luggage racks helped make the car stand out, but it didn't do much more for your luggage capacity. Production delays had meant the model didn't meet its 1979 deadline for release. It was released in January 1981, two years later and nearly a decade after after the company was founded. Now remember 1979 things were still doing decent. Of course we did have the oil embargo but by utilizing a V6 engine for his sports car he can capitalize on a more fuel efficient sports car for the masses. But in 1981 when he released this car there was a massive slump in the market. The US economy had a recession with the low power and lukewarm design the reviews were meant were off to a very poor start for the DMC 12 in a 10.5 Zero to 60 time made this car not even worthwhile competing against other sports cars. And with a price tag of $25,000, add inflation to today's rate, that'll be over $70,000. You can get yourself a Corvette and a decent Mustang, all with more power than the DeLorean. In 1981, when the DeLorean was released, DeLorean delivered their products with a 12,000 mile or 19,000 kilometer warranty. This made the car look a little bit more appealing to some people. Of course, 20,000 kilometers to myself, is about one year's worth of driving, hence 12 months. One year, one year of warranty. After that, you're on your own. Not really good for a $70,000 sports car that you want people to buy. By February 1982, more than half of the 7,000 DeLoreans produced were still not sold and the plant was put into receivership. This is only a year after the release of the vehicle. January 1981, the DeLoreans hit the market. By February 1982, they had 7,000 of the 9,000 cars produced still sitting at the plant. Due to recession, John boosted production to meet demand for the car, but in turn he created a backlog of unsold products. Before the sting, which was set up by the FBI to lay charges of cocaine trafficking on John Z. DeLorean, they managed to squeeze out 2,000 more cars by August 19th, 1982. And on August 19th, 1982, a sting operation was set up by the FBI, where an agent would supply John with cocaine to help him finance his company. John did use this sting as he had found out about it to defend himself under the entrapment rule. Now we all know about the case against John. The FBI set him up to bring him down. They set him up with a bogus cocaine charge to try and finance his company because they knew he had issues. But they were trying to get him on bigger products. They wanted to bring him down because of all the things he had created. He was essentially a playboy for the automotive industry during his tenure at General Motors. Now this did irk a lot of people and when he left them, he left them in a pickle because General Motors needed him to help spearhead their products for the future. And then he left to create his own car company. Now his background about this sting, knowing that the FBI were trying to set him up to bring him down, he used this against them as the entrapment rule. But it took until August 16th, 1984, before any of these charges were cleared up. And during these two years, his company 
had completely collapsed. The plant was in receivership. They were producing no cars. They were out. They were done. It's 1984. DeLorean was gone. But during that two-year period, a small group of businessmen had worked on a plan to buy out the debt of the DeLorean Motor Company, saving it, plus thousands of jobs in Northern Ireland. They were a British-backed group of businessmen. Their only problem that they ever made, knowing that their plan was completely foolproof from backfiring, the government was on track to make the deal with the banks to save this company to save jobs but when this small group of businessmen put forward and sent out their salesman they chose the wrong person the salesman they had sent in to meet with the banks was seen as not a competent client even with government backing their plan was failing their plan was to take the car they needed the financing from the banks to clear as the government would overlook and help push them through to get the financing to save them they had the initial plan to build a second more profitable model either a sedan or a wagon off the existing platform you gotta remember the delorean had something they had the wishbone which was set up and it was amazing for the future of that product so they knew they can utilize this drivetrain for this car for other products but unfortunately like we said the banks did not see the salesman the businessman that was sent in to talk to them as a competent person and they pulled their financing crushing the only hope delorean had of being saved designs for the sedan and wagon were made but never finalized due to the finances not coming in so like we said by august 16th 1984 delorean was acquitted of his charges during that time the bankers tried to save the jobs that went along with it and failed delorean was done delorean was gone written out of the history books and written off with only a short year and a half of production this car company was gone to the ages or so we all thought until 1985 showed up and our big screens lit up with dr emmett brown and marty mcfly standing in front of one of the most memorable scenes in automotive car cult history watching the smoke dissipate from the back of the cargo van you watch as the delorean comes out may not look like a regular delorean because it has been transformed into a time machine yes back to the future brought the delorean to the big screen originally planned to be a refrigerator robert zemeckis decided to change it at the last minute knowing the safety issues that get involved with children getting trapped inside of refrigerators he decided to use a vehicle and what better car to use than a delorean during the time of their filming he was acquitted of his charges but there were still thousands of these cars sitting at plants and they could just scoop up a bunch of them for dirt cheap pricing as the bank wanted to liquidate it to get their money back and so that car going into bankruptcy might have actually helped it to create one of the biggest car cults and one of the greatest followings in automotive history. Similar to that of the Love Bug or the 1971 Mustang Mach 1 from the original Gone in 60 Seconds. The DeLorean DMC-12 as it shot onto the screen in Back to the Future. And even though it was a small part in that movie, that car played a pivotal moment for all of us and is one of the movies that brought me myself into the automotive industry to this day i still love that car and i still love that movie it is not one of the greatest but that car makes it the greatest the promotion in this movie helped push this company into the hearts of many more people looking to get one this helped sell off the last amounts of production cars still sitting at the plants it drove up the used car prices due to the exclusive numbers of the dmc and slowly became one of the most sought after cars during the late 80s 
80s and early 90s. Conversion into a V8 engine made this a better, more performance vehicle in the North American marketplace. As people started to refurbish the old cars and dumping those old Renault V6s and putting in a V8 from Ford. This helped bring back the company. This helped push it further out and made us all want it. Today, nearly 6,500 of the original cars still exist with one company owning the entire lot of the final produced parts. And in 1995, mechanic Stephen Wynn started a company to rebuild and refurbish DeLorean. And in 2007, the DeLorean Motor Company of Texas, United States of America, started rebuilding cars from old stock. As long as you had a donor car, they had tons of old stock. And they were rebuilding them. Send your car to them. They guaranteed to have replacement parts for your car. He got the initial stock. And got to remember, DeLorean made a lot of parts. They sold 9,000 cars, but they initially looked at producing over 20,000 of these cars in the first year. So they had parts to nearly build another 10,000 cars. Unfortunately, some of the parts they had more than others, like certain sides of doors, certain suspension parts. So as long as you sent the DeLorean Motor Company of Texas a donor car, they would replace it with original DeLorean parts. But seven years after the company was made, 2014, Sally Baldwin, the widow of John, sued for infringement of use of the name, claiming that her late husband's estate still owned the DeLorean nameplate. This was settled out of court with DMC of Texas retaining the naming rights. In the end, DMC of Texas wound up winning over both Sally and Universal Studios and now retains the rights to royalties made off the DMC car and nameplate, since Universal never had full disclosure to utilize the DMC nameplates. So any of the DMC products you get from the Back to the Future, similar to that of my Playmobil Back to the Future car, would have royalties sent to DMC of Texas. And since 2017, Stephen Wynn has been pushing the American government to try and obtain a low-volume vehicle manufacturing act to update that system to allow them to build brand new cars out of the old stock. If this law would go into effect, they would be allowed to build up to 50 brand new DeLoreans per year. Unfortunately, as of right now, the law hasn't changed. And as of December 2019, this low volume act has since been updated with new cars expected by the fall of 2021. Now, due to COVID, we don't know where they're going to be sitting at. They haven't released the statements, but we do know that since the law has changed, it is not 100% written into law now, but it is being changed. And when Congress fully approves it, DMC of Texas will be now allowed to build 50 brand new DeLoreans per year. And he doesn't own just only the Parts. He owns the designs for all of those parts. There are a few things he doesn't own. Back when I was in college in early 2001, I actually myself got into a bidding war over the original blueprint designs of the DeLorean. These were just the exterior designs. It didn't have every single thing with it. Never know had one for their engines. They had one for the suspension. Lotus had it for their, their frame. This was only for the exterior designs. And I got into a bidding war. Now, I don't know who wound up winning that. I do know that Will I Am created his I Am Auto and his car looked a lot like the DMC-12. So I don't know, maybe he did 
buy them, he outbid me on them. But being in college at that time, I had withdrawn. I was up to $1,200 American, $1,200 US. I believe the final price was just over $2,000. A little too rich for my blood back in those days, but had I have gotten them, those would be mounted on my wall right now. And I would be willing to subcontract the designs out for anybody willing to manufacture those vehicles. Like I said, unfortunately, I lost, I lost the bidding war. I also lost the bidding war for Falcon Motors as well, which I considered trying to jump in with a bunch of people, but uh, they didn't want to get into it. But let's not get into that. So as of this fall, there is a possibility there may be new DeLoreans coming out. Now, as we said, John did pass away. It was actually a sad day. Not a lot of people knew when he passed away. It really wasn't one of those big things to be announced. And on March 19th, 2005, John Z. DeLorean left us, or as we should say, John Zachary DeLorean left us. His vision for his car has never been lost. Thanks to movies like Back to the Future, DeLorean still has a place in the hearts of many people around the world to this day. We may never see a true DeLorean Motor Company ever come back. We do know that along with Stephen Wynn and Consortium of Bankers, when General Motors was going through their bankruptcy back in 2008, this group banded together to buy out the rights to the manufacturing facility in Delaware that built the Pontiac Solstice in Saturn's sky. Now, if you go onto our website, autolux.net, you will find pictures on this podcast of the 2011 DeLorean concept. It was the DeLorean Solstice, Roadster, and Coupe. They planned to build off of that product. Unfortunately, that never moved forward, and they lost out their rights. It would have been nice if they had won the battle. Sure, we would have a new DeLorean that doesn't look like the original DeLorean, but we would have the name back, and we would have something to look forward to. Now, for the hardtop version, due to the Solstice structural integrity, there wouldn't have been gullwing doors. One of those things that actually, if you take a look back through history, through Bricklin, DeLorean, even the old Mercedes 300s, gullwing doors were never the safest and never the best option for vehicles. They're the most likely to get stuck and have major issues with latching components. The Bricklin was sold as a safety car, and yet tons of people actually got trapped in their car and had to go out the hatch because the doors would get jammed, they'd get stuck, they'd get broken, and you couldn't get out. Similar to issues that McLaren has had with the MP4Cs and the 650s. So it's not something new. That would have been something that would be great to come back, but in a sense, there's a reason why it never came back. Now, DeLorean over its history, even though a very short one, they did plan more products. The DMC-12 was their sports car. It was supposed to be their pinnacle of their existence, similar to how Tesla entered the marketplace with their Roadster. This was supposed to be the car to make the money to help build more products. And they actually had a few others. They had the DMC-24, a stretched wheelbase version, which was made with two different layouts. One with dual gullwing doors and one with an elongated rear to accommodate rear seats. So essentially, it was going to be a grand tourer version of the DMC-12. They did have a rolling mock-up and produced by Ital Design and based Lancia Medusa concept car. Like we said, go to our website. You can actually see what the DeLorean DMC24 concept would look like. Not the world's greatest looking thing, but for its time, it would have been something new. Something similar to what Tesla did with the Model X. When you see DeLorean and the products and the image that John Z. DeLorean had, it's similar to the success and how Tesla emulated that, their original ideas to create their products. Sure, the Model Model S didn't have gullwing doors similar to the DMC-24 would have had, but the Model X does. 
Now, the Alancia Medusa concept car, why we call it the Alancia Medusa car, they were built to a towel design. This version for DeLorean was never paid for by DMC. So a towel design said, well, if you're not going to pay for it, we're going to utilize this. And it slowly became the Lamborghini Marco Polo concept car. After this, to build and attract investors to DeLorean to say, hey, we're not just a one pony show. They never showed the product, but they had created a promotional video for the DMC 44, a utility vehicle. This was just based to drum up investors for the DMC 12 project. They did look into building a utility vehicle, but nothing past the promotional video was ever completed. The only thing that ever went past any visualization designs or promotional videos was the DMC 80, a low floor commercial bus, which did have promotional brochures and did produce interest in it. They had built a workable model to showcase this product off. Now this bus built in Northern Ireland, similar to DMC 12, would be utilized to help build more interest in the company and more interest in DeLorean could also be utilized to bring more sales and more money to the company to help bring the DMC 12 and make it bigger. But without its DMC 24 brother, the DMC 12 at its time in 1981, when the recession hit and the economies around the world started collapsing, it essentially was just a part of bad timing. Had the car been introduced in 1979 and not 1981, it would have been one of those futuristic designs that shot people out of a cannon to see the future because this car had the lines of the 1980s. It was propelling itself past what you envisioned in the 70s and into the future, not just with its stainless steel construction or going doors. No, its full-on image just showcases the 80s. And sadly, there was no parade. There was no major announcement on the news. There was nothing when this visionary passed away in 2005. John left us almost as great as he entered the world. He still envisioned his company coming back. And though with many tries and many failures, he never succeeded in creating what he originally planned when he left General Motors. But with people like Stephen Wynn wanting to build his car, wanting to bring it back to people, pushing the government for low volume sales so they could produce this car again, there is still a hope. There is a DeLorean of the future. And hopefully, just hopefully, someday someone will build a new version of the classic DMC-12. So in the end, DeLorean may have been off to a rocky start. It may have been shown up too late to the market to capitalize on it. But with a movie as powerful as Back to the Future, pushing this car into the eyes, many automotive enthusiasts from around the world, creating many automotive enthusiasts around the world. The DeLorean is a big part of automotive history. Similar to that of the Volkswagen Beetle, the Ford Mustang, or the Willys Jeep. The DeLorean is one of those cars that people know of. You may not know of the actual car company. You may not know of the man who created it, whose name is attached to the car, but everybody knows to go back in time over and over again with that amazing hover conversion, Mr. Fusion run, DeLorean time machine. Now for myself, Everett J, and the whole Autolux team, we hope that we've inspired and enlightened you to go back and do some more research and dig more into the history of John Z. DeLorean and the DeLorean Motor Company. He was a great man with a great vision and a great idea. The follow through, the power, and the delivery just were not on his side. And maybe we have inspired you to go out to buy a DeLorean, to see a DeLorean, or to help finance the future 
DeLoreans. Now for myself, EverJAdAutoLooks.net, we hope that we've inspired and shown you the way of DeLorean. And if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment in one of the many social feeds we are attached to. Or if you're just catching us on Podbeam, iTunes, Amazon Music, or Google Play, share, send, or even write us about what you think of the DeLorean and what you think of this podcast. Please share it with your friends and tell everyone about the AutoLooks podcast from autolux.net. So strap yourself in for one fun wild ride because where we're going, we don't need roads.